Hi, my name is White James Moore, and you are listening to my dad and your host of the Lifestyle Asset University podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to today's podcast, the Vodacy Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore, and today we're going to talk about a few little things about why I believe it's the best time to purchase vacation rentals or real estate in general. And keep in mind, this is my opinion, so don't throw me a bunch of hate mail. I get uh, on my ads all the time. I have an ad that says, why now I believe is the best time to buy vacation rental, um, vacation rental properties. And there's a lot of different reasons, but there's two big ones that are that are kind of creating this perfect storm. Um, this is probably something people should be thinking about. So we're going to talk about that today. First... I want to apologize for missing a few weeks. We had some technical issues. I recorded an episode, an interview actually, and I got the interview done. I went back to download the episode and it said it was a corrupt file. So I really, really apologize. We'll get that uh, guest back on, have a nice conversation. We had a great conversation. I want you guys to hear that. And we're going to have to redo that episode. Then last week I was traveling actually in North Carolina, down on Top Sail Island, North Carolina, looking at some properties down there and um, had the, the, the fortunate event of being able to meet some of our members down there. So I had a lot of fun and uh, spent some time down there. And as is usually the case with me, because I'm a real estate guy, not a tech guy, I didn't bring the right equipment to do a decent podcast. You guys usually hear... Um, in my office, I've got an office full of glass. So sometimes you hear um, cop cars and ambulances driving by. I live or my office is right by a, a big major hospital here, and so you know that even in my office I have uh, issues with audio sometimes. And so when I'm on the road, um, it didn't work. I planned on doing a little bit of a podcast on the road, and that uh, didn't happen. So, anyways, enough excuses. But I apologize. I, I missed a couple weeks. I always love to be able to talk to you guys. I'm so grateful for that ability and that chance that I get to do what I love to do um, and have a create this life around vacation rentals and um, that we've created and uh, share it with so many great people. We meet some amazing people out there all the time, every day, and it's the best part of what I do. And you guys make it um, such an amazing thing to be able to, and I sure appreciate you always being here, listening and trying to add, uh, we'll, we'll do our best to try to add some of that value. Um, speaking of kind of being out and about, I, I wanna share a quick story with you guys of how things kind of come full circle in life when you are when you really commit to something and you're doing it and you're you're running down this road for so long. You know, we, we got in the real estate game um, back in 2000. I'll kind of tell you guys that story real quick because it's uh, pertinent to this uh, um, something really interesting that happened to me last week. And so back, you guys might know this. Um, some of you that are new listeners, you, you might, uh, this might be the first time you're hearing the story, but how I got into real estate 20 years ago, I had a job as a sales rep for a company. I got a job right out of college um, I played basketball in college and got a job at, um, I didn't, my degree was business management, but then it was also a sales degree, a technical sales degree. So I got a job as a sales rep right out of college, selling big, big truckloads of steel. You know, I worked for a steel service company and we'd sell big truckloads of steel. And uh, I got a job and moved to Denver and I was making $31,000 a year. So not, not a ton back then. I thought it was pretty cool. I had a new truck. Um, they, they provided me a truck to drive around with. I had $31,000 a year, just got married, had her dog and uh, everything was moving forward as planned. And back then I've always been like really obsessed with real estate. I've always been interested in it. 
I've been an entrepreneur since my very young age. I mean, I started a babysitting company when I was nine. I don't know um, nowadays if that is even legal. But back in the day, I had a little babysitting company in my neighborhood when I was nine. And then I had a window washing company and started cutting lawns at 11. Grew it to a, I grew it to a, a roofing company by the time I was in high school and through college. And I actually had to bankrupt that company because when I, uh, when I was in college, I was on a full ride basketball scholarship and it's against NCAA rules for, I guess, these college athletes to have jobs and get paid. And uh, even though it was my company, they called me and said, hey, you're going to lose your scholarship or you can keep your company, one of the two. And I actually bankrupted the company and it, w- it went kind of went away. I didn't, it wasn't, I call it a company loosely. Um, I had like three or four people working for us at the time and just kind of, we just kind of said, we're, we're going to shut it down, keep playing basketball. So I've always had this, this draw toward doing something. And I, back in the day, those of you that are too young to remember this back in the, in the late nineties, you could watch infomercials at night and you would have all these guys on and, and there was a guy by the name of Carlton Sheets that was always on late night TV and selling his real estate course, his no money down real estate course. And I had that course and I listened to the tapes over and over and I was I that was kind of my first introduction into real estate and just kind of got interested. Well, I would always, Teresa and I would always go to Barnes and Noble every week. We'd pick out a new book and I was always in the business and real estate sections. And I had this book that I that I was really attracted to and it was a book on lease optioning properties and lease optioning real estate and where you could do it with no money down, right? I was really attracted to the creative financing, no money down deals back then. I didn't have any money, so I had to be attracted to that. And so when I was, um, I, I bought this book and it so happened that the, the, the author of the book was holding a seminar in Denver, in, in my backyard. He was actually from Denver and there was a seminar being held. So I Hurry and called in, and at the time you had to call in the 800 number, and you'd register. And I put my credit card down and uh, went to this seminar for the weekend. And I'm I'm the type of guy that I just when somebody lays out a plan, I'm really good at being able to just go and say, okay, I'll just execute that. You know, I don't I don't ask, you know, why is this not going to work? You know, what if this doesn't work? What are the like? A lot of times I just run down the road, and the, the same was true with this this seminar that I went to and I, I this um, the author and the, the trainer at the seminar laid out this very specific plan of what to do to go buy these houses with no money down, how you lock them up, what you do. And so I went through that process. Well, a week after the seminar, I ended up going down and I found this property. And I found a property in, in a place called Washington Park. It's just outside downtown Denver. And I made an offer on the property. I talked to this lady and it was a, it was a really rundown property. I bet she had 40 or 50 cats living in the property, but super nice lady. Went through my my little script. I went through the whole process, and she said, "Hey, Sean, that sounds great. That will be helpful for me. Let's do it. Um, I I really want to work with you, and let's let's do this with the house." And I was shocked. I I really had almost no clue what to do. I was like, "Holy shit! I didn't really get that much past this part of the book yet." And so I I. I said, okay, awesome. Thanks so much. You know, we hugged and, and I was on my way. And then I hurry and went and skimmed through the book. And I'm like, I don't know what to do here. It's a $630,000 house. I remember at the time, which was a lot of money to me, way more than my $31,000 salary could, um, handle. And so I, I'm looking through the book. I'm like, okay, what do you do now? And, and 
and it was it was about fixing it up and going and finding another tenant. Well, I didn't have didn't quite give myself enough time to go do that. I started second guessing myself, doubting myself. So I'm like, okay, just just find the part of the book that talks about how do you back out? How do you back out of these deals? And so I'm trying to search through the book and there's nothing about canceling a deal. There's nothing about backing out. So I'm like, holy crap, I don't know what the heck to do. My only thought was, well, I'll just call, I'll call this guy, this Peter guy who, who put on the seminar and call him and ask him if that's the, you know, what do I do? And so I got his number and I had his card and his book and everything. And I said, Hey, you know, Peter, I, you don't know me. I'm, my name is Sean and I was at your seminar. I read your book, love your stuff. I followed the process. I have this house under contract, but I don't have any money. I can't pull this off. And I feel really, really bad for this lady who's really counting on me to, to make this happen. But I don't, I, I, I don't, I thought that I'd be able to pull this off and I don't, it doesn't appear that I'm in a position to do this. He said, hey, you know, Sean, I, um, that that's canceling. I mean, obviously you don't make any money when you cancel a deal. So you want to, you want to figure it out. Tell me about the deal. And I told him about the deal and, um, he was really helpful. He said, Hey, listen, Sean, you can call this guy. I know he's, I know he's really interested in this area. He's a fix and flip guy. He, he'll, he's a guy that's going to buy it from you. You know, essentially you should just go wholesale the deal to him. And so call him up. It really does sound like a good deal. And, um, so I called the guy up. Sure enough, he said, I, that sounds like a great deal. Let me come look at the house. Let me drive by. Let me check it out. He called me back about two hours later and said, hey, meet me at the bank. I'll write you a check. I'll buy that from you for $19,000. And my jaw about hit the floor. I remember I was I was driving around. I pulled over and I'm like, I, I, I didn't even know what to say. He's like, Is that, does that sound fair to you? And I'm like, Shit, yeah, that sounds fair. I make $31,000 a year. $19,000, two thirds of my salary. It took me a week to do it. So that was my first introduction to real estate. That was my first deal. And I actually, the deal went through. We put it all together. Long story short, I ended up quitting my job about two weeks later. Have been doing full-time real estate ever since. So the point of this story is I got a text a week ago from, as we're starting to do this, we're getting some text messages and people are finding us online and people are, you know, we're helping enough people now and getting out there. And I, I got a text message and just said, hey, Sean, I found you online, um, know what you're doing. And I I spoke to one of the one of the media companies that you use and I'm kind of thinking of doing the same thing. Would you mind if I gave you a call? And it had this guy's name, Peter Conti. And I thought, yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, no problem. I'll give him a call and, and I'm happy to chat with him. But the, I always will remember Peter's name because Peter Conti was the author of that book and put on this seminar. And I thought, oh, there's no way that it's the same guy. And sure enough, Peter, who really was kind of the, my first mentor, if you will, outside of Carlton Sheets, um, of course, the guy that I ever met in person, he, that is who reached out to us and we're really helping him. He's releasing a new book. He's doing some some great things, and he's going to be kind of taking it out to the world on the commercial side of life and the multifamily side of life of real estate. And so it's really um, interesting and in how things come full circle. And I couldn't, you know, and and just kind of the point of that is it made me think of that story when I was when I was saying, you know, we're we're out and about now. We're meeting so many new people, and we're meeting so many amazing people, and. And re-rounding with some people that, and I told him that story and told him how much I appreciated it. He did such a, you know, he really could have just gone right around me and done that deal because I was getting out of it regardless. 
he didn't do that. He helped, he pointed me in the right direction, got us started, and and now we're you know we're we're networking and and helping each other with other you know with things that we're doing within the businesses. So it's really really fun as you run down these roads. So always always be you know treat people the right way. He treated me such the right way, and it kind of you know now we're able to come around and help him and and do the right things, and it's just a lot of fun. I want to share that story with you guys of how things kind of come full circle. So now. As I promised you, let's talk about why I think this is the best time to be buying real estate and vacation rentals, particularly vacation rentals. And now keep this as a big asterisk. This is my opinion, guys. You know, this is why I'm answering the question because I get it asked. I get asked it a lot, so I think you deserved an answer of why I say that. You know, it's not just because that's what we do. You know, we're not just trying to talk people into it. In fact, the the, the last thing I try to ever do, if you've ever talked to us. I always tell people, I'm not going to talk you into vacation rentals. We're here to help people build portfolios of vacation rentals. Once you decide that's the right fit for you, we'll answer your questions about them. No question. But you'll never hear me talk somebody out of multifamily or long-term rentals or development deals. If that's what fits them the best, you will never hear me say, hey, well, I think this this game is a better game to play. This happens to check a lot of boxes for us. Every vehicle, every lane of real estate, it's a huge ocean and there's all these different things. Just like Peter, right? Peter's focusing on a completely different lane of real estate than I'm focusing on and both of us are having great successes. And so it doesn't it doesn't mean that this is the end all be all in real estate. All real estate has pros and cons. There's no question. I happen to think right now is an amazing time to be getting into this game, but they, this game has to be the game you want to play. Right, so so let's take that as a big asterisk. So first, the thing that I just heard, and I did not um, anybody do do does your fact checking. I didn't fact check this. I heard this from Grant Cardone, which I think is probably accurate. I'm guessing that he did um, um, before he made the comment. So I feel like it's a reliable source. But out one that twenty percent, one out of every five dollars in circulation of U.S. dollars in circulation right now of total circulated money, twenty percent of it was printed in 2020 and there's more coming. We got another $2 trillion gonna hit the market. That is a staggering amount of money. I mean, it's, it's, a, I mean it's, an, it's unbelievable the amount of currency hitting the market. Now, that does two things, first of all. First of all, you're gonna have $15 hamburgers here pretty shortly. It's going to catch up and you're gonna have inflation. You can't, the dollar has just gotten weaker, right? So cash, is like Grant says, cash is trash. I totally agree with him. You, the, one of the best and has been the best hedges against inflation historically has been real estate. And a lot of smart money realizes that tangible assets are going to hedge that inflation bet because they're going to go up in value too, right? It's a tangible asset that even, you know, now that all of a sudden that, you know, that $100,000 only buys you, you know, based on that math, right, that we just talked about, that $100,000 is now 20% less valuable. So you're, you're going to spend $120,000 to buy the same house that you bought $100,000. The nice thing about real estate is there's leverage involved, right? So if a property goes up 20% and you only put 20% down, like if I put 20% into a deal and it, and you start, it goes up 20%, you just made 100% return on your investment. 100% that just, just came right back to you. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to pull it out. Probably, I, I wouldn't. I'd keep it in there for the long term. You know, that's why we like long-term passive cash flow producing real estate. But it's a huge 
hedge or it's a huge advantage to own tangible assets like real estate to hedge against this inflation that is going to be coming whether you whether we like it or not there's a lot of money being printed right now the other thing is with all that money in circulation people are spending more money and you, we've seen it um, i just saw that vacation rentals short-term vacation rentals hit all-time record highs in 2020 with all of the travel restrictions with all of these different things going on and places being shut down we have had record revenue across the board it, it, overall in the u.s in domestic travel uh, and specifically on short-term rentals and we were already on a pretty a pretty steep rise year in year after year in this in this game particularly and it's been really the shining star of the hospitality markets for a long time now and really particularly in 2020 it's really the the game in the hospitality markets and so that alone that that to say okay the demand is there we've got this double whammy of demand like i told you there's two real things that are that are really, I believe, driving this. And then we'll talk about just basic supply and demand because the question always becomes, well, prices are at all-time highs. The bubble is going to burst. I'll talk about that in a minute. The other, the other aspect, the second thing that I want to tell you of why I believe now is such a great time is COVID happened to be about a $2 trillion or more advertising campaign for nice real estate in nice areas. When everything, when shit hits the fan and everybody's having to hunker down and everybody's telling you you can't go anywhere, well, a lot of people realized their situation to hunker down isn't exactly what they wanted, isn't exactly their idea of paradise. And so what we're finding is this massive demand for nice areas and nice properties in nice areas that people can visit. Not only that, people people want these nice areas, but also companies have gone to make these big adjustments of to be able to allow their their employees and their you know all their teams to start to telecommute and work from anywhere and they're realizing the efficiencies behind it they're realizing that it actually works there will be a lot of companies who don't make people come back into the office every day saves them money as long as they're getting those efficiencies which they are a lot of them are showing that it works now all of a sudden people have that ability to say okay i don't have to live in a in a downtown apartment or a downtown condo that with no yards and no anything else i can live in some of the nice areas that i like to visit if i if i can live anywhere people if given the choice to live anywhere we say well i want to i want to live where i vacation right so now all of a sudden these areas are in higher and higher demand and so prices appreciate and so you've got this supply and demand issue that is real estate's basic economics and people think bubbles burst based on price bubbles don't burst because prices get high bubbles burst because the demand exceeds supply if if the demand or excuse me the supply exceeds demand when demand is higher than the supply which it is across the board in many many markets outside of the major major uh, metropolitan areas you're seeing you're seeing demand shrink in a lot of the major urban markets but uh, across the board in a lot of other areas demand is way higher than supply inventory levels have been all-time lows and so because of that we're, you're not going to see prices come back down anytime soon i don't believe i mean i i could be wrong right i don't have a crystal ball but just looking at the economics of the situation you've got all kinds of money in the in the game you've got demand that is through the roof both 
not only just from the investment standpoint of people wanting to own these homes for their own second homes and then possibly rent them out, but people are buying these homes to be able to have primary residence. These these vacation areas are becoming more and more primary residence, which is which is driving demand. And then all of a sudden you've got this this huge demand for people wanting to visit these areas. So it's actually putting a bit of a strain infrastructure-wise on many, many areas. And it actually can be a pain when you're in that acquisition phase. We spend so much time on the acquisition phase, understanding the numbers, understanding how to make these properties work as an investment, right? But And it's more important now than ever because prices continue to go up. And, you know, prices are, prices are at all-time highs. But so is demand, and I don't believe prices are going to go down for the simple fact of that the dollar is worth a hell of a lot less than it was a year ago, and it's going to be worth less in a year because they just keep printing more money. And so I think, and that's why when I say on my ads for people who have seen our ads or who have who've seen some of the things I said, when I say now is, I believe, the perfect time and the uh, a really important time to consider investing in this type of real estate or any real estate per, for, for that matter, but this type of real estate particularly because the demand is so high because we have the ability to park some money, hedge against inflation, take advantage of that appreciation or inflation, whichever one you want to call it, and it's a little of both right now because when demand is driving appreciation, you know, people are people are willing to drive the prices up in these areas, but also the dollar being worth less, it, it buys less. And so now prices are going to go up as well. So that is why I believe now is a good time to buy. But you can't just go buy anything. You can't just go buy. You have to understand what you're doing and be aggressive. You can't just go say, okay, well, it's at an all-time high, but I don't really know what I'm going to do with this at the end of the day. I don't know if it makes money, right? If you're really looking at it as an investment, figure out how to run the numbers because there's a lot of moving parts in this game with nightly rates and occupancy and seasonality and all those different things. So I'm not just go say, I'm not just saying go buy, 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 but I would really consider, and I do personally, this is, you know, we practice what we preach. We're out there actively in the acquisition phase right now. And, you know, and, and I love tangible assets, you know, when these things are happening right now. And, and I can tell you over 20 years of real estate investing, I've never, I don't remember any time of anybody ever saying universally, you should buy right now. The, the general public will always be skeptical and say, now is not the right time. The market's going up too fast or it's going down too fast. It's always doing something that the general public says, I'm going to put the brakes on and I'm going to hold off. But guess what? During every one of those periods, people make money. And so I've talked about this in a previous podcast. The market is largely irrelevant if you're in it for the long term and you know what you're doing. I say it's a great time to buy. Other people say it's a great time to buy, but so other people have an opinion that, hey, you're crazy. You're you're nuts. I would take it and I'd sit on my cash. If that's what you believe, that's what you believe. I'm not here to try to convince you otherwise. You've got to do what feels right for you. You've got to do what fits your what your plans are and what your long-term goals are. This happens to be my long-term goal and I want my... I want to be able to take advantage of some of these runs that we have. And so if you do, obviously, you know where to find us. One of the things that I, I always get asked as well is, you know, Sean, you always talk about long-term, long-term, long-term. What do, what do you think the the secret to long-term success is? And, and I talk about, you know, one of the, I don't know who said this quote. I actually heard it from Brendan Burchard, but I don't know if, if it was his quote or somebody else's. So I'll give him credit for it because that's where I saw it. And it said... 
to the effect of, and if I don't get it right exactly, uh, I apologize, but to the effect is that you don't have to go paint a masterpiece every day. You have to get a little bit of paint on the canvas. And that leads me to the answer of what I think long-term success is. It's taking steps forward every single day toward a goal. Whether that goal is to own short-term vacation rentals, whether that goal is to get into better shape, whether that goal is to, you know, be an amazing husband or father or mother or brother, you know, or a friend or whatever that is, whatever the goal is, try to take small steps forward every day toward that. You don't have to go find the perfect property today. You don't have to go lose 10 pounds today in the gym. You know, I always tell my son, he's trying to learn how to play basketball a little bit. He's, he's in that stage and he's nine and and he'll go play for four hours and practice dribbling for four hours. Then he'll take four days off. And I say, Wyatt, that's not how you get better. You're better off taking 10 or 15 minutes every single day and doing that day in and day out and day in and day out. And you're going to be way better off than if you spend four hours once a week in that same period of time. And so take those little steps. Make sure, you know, set those goals. Don't get... Don't get complacent, right? Well, I just I, I shared on my Instagram a minute ago, uh, a week ago or so, um, one of my favorite books of Good to Great, and it's that flywheel effect, right? Jim Collins talks about the flywheel effect, and it's you start to get things ro- rolling, and you do that by taking consistent action every single day toward a goal. It doesn't have to be a huge action. It can be a step toward it. But when you do it all day, every day, all of a sudden this flywheel gains this momentum and it gains this speed and momentum. It's really hard to stop it. And so, so go out and make that happen. You know, go out in your life and figure out what you want to do. And, you know, I love and appreciate all of you for listening to this. You know, you know how to find us on social media. If you get anything out of this and you want to share this with somebody, Share it with somebody that you know. Go find us. I'm at Real Sean Moore, or yeah, at Real Sean Moore on Instagram. Go find us there. We'll be. Uh, I'm really hoping that I can reschedule that interview. Um, it was a great interview. I apologize we didn't get that to you guys two weeks ago when we did it. And um, we'll keep coming at you with more and more stuff. If you guys have comments or questions, send them over to us. Shoot me an email at support at bodicey.com, and we'll get them answered. We love to hear from all of you. And if you have questions or concerns or things that you're that you would love an opinion on share them with us and and we'll put that on the show and we'll talk about it on the show and we'll we'll make sure that we try to get those questions answered so guys i always appreciate you being here we'll plan on seeing you same time same place next week cheers thanks for joining us on this episode of lifestyle asset university podcast share this with other people you think need to hear about it And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content and expert advice, visit lifestyleassetuniversity.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.